1: Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? With attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now, here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska, Jr.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 37 of Say What?, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including parents who find themselves having to defend their rights against misguided school policies and administrators.
0: That's right, George. In fact, more and more we are seeing instances where schools are deliberately keeping parents in the dark about their child's gender dysphoria, counseling sessions, even medical interventions. So today we're going to talk about the latest case in this trend, this particular one, George, out of Florida, but it could just as well have been in any town USA. We're seeing it more and more.
2: And and every now and then, Mark, we bring forward cases like this. We've brought the uh, case in uh, Nevada. Yep. Um, and we brought other cases to parent's attention, but this is a very important one.
0: It is. I think this is going to hopefully see the light of day. More and more people are going to be aware of it, and we're going to help in that process. So it involves um, parents, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Littlejohn, January and Jeffrey Littlejohn, versus the Leon County, Florida School Board. So they found out, some uh, very troubling things were going on with respect to their 13-year-old daughter uh, there in the in the school system. And uh, after many discussions and interact, interactions with the school, uh, they found that they had no other choice but to file a lawsuit. We're going to find out why, but I want to read to you from the opening paragraphs of the complaint itself. Quote, Plaintiffs, and this is January and Jeffrey Littlejohn, bring this action to vindicate their fundamental rights to direct the upbringing of their children as established by the United States and Florida constitutions and by Florida statutes. Defendants have violated plaintiffs' fundamental rights by, among other things, implementing a protocol which explicitly circumvents parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting their children's mental, emotional, and physical health. That is, the children's assertion of a discordant gender identity and accommodations to facilitate asserting the discordant gender identity at school. So that's a lot, but here, a lot. Here, here's a breakdown of, of what's happened. So they have a, a 13-year-old daughter. We don't, we don't know her name, um, and she was dealing with gender dysphoria, gender identity issues. She thought that she might actually be a, a boy in, instead of a girl. Now, this particular uh, young woman also has, uh, I guess she's been diagnosed with attention deficit uh, disorder, ADHD, But it seems like when you dig into the details of the facts behind this case, that her gender dysphoria, as we've seen happen across the nation, is linked to peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Why do we say that? Well, three other girls in in this young woman's friend group also came out as non-binary. Within the same six-month period as this young woman came out and said, well, I think I might be a boy too.
2: This is the same script that Abigail Schreier puts out over and over of what happens in in Teenage
0: Girls. In fact, Abigail Schreier calls this a social contagion, mm-hmm. which is exactly what it is. Uh, Well, the plaintiff's daughter told one of her teachers that she needed mental health counseling. And of course, mental health counseling, George, as you know, is promoted widely on schools now. Yep. It's advertised. We have it. If you're having troubles, particularly at home with your parents, you know, we can offer you mental health counseling services. Well, that's exactly what she did. And she told the school she needed it because her parents, excuse me, were not affirming. Of her new identity mm. that she had now taken on,
2: and this is happening in Florida, parents, so so be careful <laughs> if it 's happening in florida it 's happening in yeah, I
0: mean that's a red state, and it is happening there. well, the school George readily obliged and began immediately using the girl's preferred gender. Pronouns mm. and also asked her which restrooms and locker rooms and private facilities would you like to start using? Say what? Yeah, yeah, public school. So this is happening. And apparently, it even goes, it, 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 it's even worse than that. At a school arranged overnight camp, the school arranged for the girl to sleep with where the boys were sleeping in this And overnight
2: None camp. of this was given to the parents. Parents had
0: no idea. Wow. They, they had no idea what was going on. Well, when they, did, when they finally did find out, uh, when confronted, uh, at first, if you can believe it, the school denied it. Oh my. They actually lied. They denied oh everything. And they actually accused the parents of not acting in the child's best interest. Eventually, It's unbelievable. Well, this particular school district, George, and I'm sure this is replicated uh, throughout school districts across the nation, they have what they call the, quote, LGBTQ plus equity committee. Typical. And it was created by the Leon County School, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, gender nonconforming and questioning a committee to put out this, quote, support guide. Wow. Right? Not only for the teachers, but for the students as well. The guide warned school officials that, quote, outing a student, so this is to teachers, especially to parents, can be very dangerous to the student's health and well-being because some students are not able to be out at home because their parents are unaccepting of LGBTQ people, uh, Actually, yeah. coming out. So this guide, of course, was not made known to the parents. They had no idea that this that this thing existed. So the guide effectively navigates; that is, it directs uh, these school administrators and staff away from communicating with and involving parents in critical decisions regarding their children's physical, emotional, and mental health. In direct contravention, George, of rights established under our Constitution and Florida statutes. Mm -hmm. In fact, under this guide, schools uh, are supposed to use the student's, quote, affirmed name, not only to them personally— but in their school
2: records. So, not their legal name anymore?
0: Not their legal name. So, the parents continue to see the child's legal name in correspondence between the school, like report cards and sure. things like that. But the school records themselves use this quote, affirm name. Wow. This is duplicity, if I've ever seen it. The schools do an intake asking whether a student's parents are aware of the student's gender identity and whether they are supportive and or notified. It asks the student which pronoun they prefer, which communal bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers that they would like to use on overnight trips. And it directs that parents be kept in the dark if the child so wishes.
2: Wow. Wow. This is absolutely horrific, absolutely horrific. I, wow.
0: It's incredible. And the school went even further, George. They created a support plan to ensure that the child could further her new gender identity and keep her parents in the dark. So this was actually written out. They had a whole plan that they were operating <laughs> off of. Can you imagine being a parent and finding out that this is going on with your child?
2: I guess, I mean, it's, it's a good thing for the Little Johns that everything was written out because now in discovery and in lawsuit, right, yeah, during the discovery phase, the evidence, phrase, is, the there.
0: evidence yeah. is there. It'll all come out. And so the basis of the lawsuit, um, we, we should probably walk our listeners through this because this is important to understand. Um, parents still have constitutional rights with regard to the upbringing of their children. That's embedded in our Constitution and in case law. And uh, one of the violations was based on the parents' substantive due process <clears throat> of the 14th Amendment, which protects the fundamental right of parents to make decisions concerning the care, custody, and control of their children. That came, comes out of the famous Troxville uh, case. Um, they cited numerous 14th Amendment violations in their lawsuit, including the school violated the parents' right to direct the medical and mental health decisions for their child. They violated the parents' rights to family privacy. The Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment and the Florida Constitution protects the sanctity of the family as an institution deeply rooted in the nation's history and tradition through which moral and cultural values are passed down. That's directly out of the, out, out of the case. Mm-hmm. The Constitution protects the private realm of the family from interference by the state. That goes back to uh, Prince v. Massachusetts in 1944. But it wasn't only the uh, United States Constitution that was violated by the school. It was Florida's own statute. In fact, Florida has what's called the Parent Bill of Rights that was recently signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis. Oh, that we had a governor like him here in California. Yep. And the the school um, was uh, under law, uh, which says that the state and any of its political subdivisions any other governmental entity or any other institution may not infringe on the fundamental rights of a parent to direct the upbringing, education, health care, and mental health of his or her minor child without um, demonstrating that there's a compelling reason for doing so, which was not demonstrated in this case. So, uh, George, this kind of thing is happening throughout the country. Uh, These lawsuits we see are creeping up over and over and over again. And the reason we bring this up is because parents need to be alert for these kinds of transgressions by school districts to their children in the public schools. It's probably happening.
2: Yeah. I mean, parents uh, just to kind of summarize, maybe a couple key things that you could do searches on in your own school district. Um, Find out if there is an equity committee Find out if there is an LGBTQ uh, committee. Find out if you have an LGBTQ guide um, or policy. Um, They are usually uh, right up front on the uh, website of your school district. And if they are not there, and if you think they're there because if you think they have one just because you've seen other policies there, but it doesn't really go into depth, send an email. To the school district and ask for, hey, do you by any chance have a, 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 a guide about this? I just saw, you know, this on your website, and uh, it seems to me like you, you guys have a process in place. I, I'm curious to know what what is that process and what is what does the guide say. Um, and so um, you'll find in there a lot of this craziness, um, and and it is it is everywhere because this kind of stuff has already been. Put together, Usually you'll find those guides. For example, there is the uh, Transgender Law Center. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization, and that's where I first started seeing these guides. And, in fact, they were working together with the Obama administration 10 years ago when Obama <clears throat> made an executive order uh, that interpreted, um, you know, the You know, sex to be also include transgender and gender expression, Um, and so that's when Obama's executive order started to affect bathroom policies. That's right. Um, So these things exist. There are go-bys. They're being replicated and adopted. So parents, just take some of these keywords and just start doing research on on your own school district's website.
0: Uh, it's very good advice, George. And the schools—they may not be forthcoming uh, on the information that they have, like uh, the, the school district in Florida. So you may need to file a public records request mm-hmm. in California. Uh, that law is on the books, and so you just need to write a letter to the school officials asking them for this information. Be as specific as you can. Um, you can you can cite the law. It's California a public records request, and they have to respond to you within ten days. So that way you can be assured that you're going to get at least some information. They may not give you everything, but you're you're going to get a response. Well, this has has some relevance um, for our school students and teachers here in California. In fact, a couple of weeks, George, I got a call from a school teacher in the San Diego School District where they were being forced to engage in a training session uh, by a third-party group uh, where they were being told you must start using a child's preferred gender pronouns. Say what? This is expected of you. And uh, it's, it's more and more in the school systems. You have to become accustomed to hearing about these pronouns. You have to uh, equip yourself to becoming fluent in them and be ready to... Um, uh, accept whatever a child tells you about their gender and start using these in the classrooms. Well, this teacher was obviously very concerned about this. Uh, it went against her religion, her belief system. Um, she believes that uh, we're born with the gender that we're mm-hmm. born with, and she was not comfortable in doing this. Well, teachers need to understand that they have legal rights also in the school. Not only do students have legal rights, parents have legal rights. Teachers have legal rights as well. In fact, there was a case last year, um, U.S. versus Varner, uh, that came out of the Fifth Circuit, where it was ruled that judges can't force litigants in lawsuits to use a transgendered preferred pronoun in court. So, even in in legal cases, it's now law that um, you can't be forced to use these gender. These transgendered pronouns, and then there's a famous case called Merriweather versus Hardtop that came out of the Sixth Circuit, and this was uh, this was last year as well, where the court found that a university cannot force a professor to use a student's preferred gender pronoun. Now, this is a college professor, and so this is not grade school kids, but it's the same principle that applies. Uh, this uh, professor had a, a student, um, it was a young woman, and she thought she was a man, and she wanted to be used by her masculine pronouns, and this teacher's uh, religious beliefs forbidden him to do that. So he tried to accommodate by using um, uh, the, the name, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe use titles, but, and, and, and agreed to use the last name, but the student said, that that's not good enough. Well, here's what the court said, George, in this case, Meriwether versus Hardtop. Compelling speech, and that's what it is, when you're forcing someone, a teacher, to use a preferred gender pronoun, you're compelling their speech is a violation of the First Amendment. And we've often quoted uh, this case um, out of West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett, and I think it's worth repeating Government officials violate the First Amendment whenever they try to prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or other matters of opinion, and when they force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. So teachers cannot be forced to use these preferred gender pronouns. But the court in Meriwether also found out that trying to do so was a violation of Professor Merriweather's free exercise clause. State actors, the court said, must give neutral and respectful consideration to a person's sincerely held religious beliefs. When they apply an otherwise neutral law with religious hostility, that's a violation of the free exercise clause. And here's what I love. Uh, One of the judges on this panel that made this decision was Amul Thapar, which was a Trump appointee. And he penned the unanimous three-judge appeals court opinion. And he wrote that if professors, you think about that, Mm -hmm. if professors, quote, lacked free speech protections when teaching, a university could wield alarming power to compel ideological conformity. A university professor could require a pacifist to declare that war is just, a civil rights icon to condemn the freedom writers, a believer to deny the existence of God, or a Soviet immigrant to address his students as comrades. <laughs> that cannot be.
2: And, and you know, Mark, what's interesting is you're talking about a teacher from... San Diego, here in California, we are dealing with, through our state court system, with this very similar issue. Um, and in fact, uh, California Family Council, a couple weeks ago, just published a blog that talked about this because in California in 2017, we had a law that passed that required in the healthcare huh. facilities for workers to use a patient's preferred pronoun. Wow. And it's been on the books for four years. Obviously, after it got introduced, it started to be challenged. And so the law worked its way up. But it went to um, you know, California Third Circuit Court of Appeals, so to an appellate court. Yep. And they found that it violated a person's uh, rights for free speech. So now it's actually going to the California State Supreme Court. And I hope they will make the right ruling there as well. But over and over, I think this is some good news for parents to, to understand that at the, in the federal circuit courts and in the state appellate courts, we're seeing a consistent ruling.
0: We are. It's really great news. Of course, uh, professor Metherweather, uh, had the benefit of having, uh, this great, uh, public interest law firm called Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, mm. supporting him. And, uh, Meriwether's lawyer, a man named, uh, uh, attorney John Birch, uh, said in a statement that the case forced us to defend what used to be a common belief, that nobody should be forced to contradict their core beliefs just to keep their job. Yeah, And it, that's increasingly, George, what teachers are being told in the public school system. And so the message that we have for them uh, today is don't be intimidated. You have your constitutional fundamental rights, the First Amendment, the 14th Amendment, the Free Exercise Clause. But these rights are lost if you don't assert them. You have to assert your rights. You have to stand up for what you believe in. And if you're having problems with this, if you need to reach out to somebody, um, Protect Our Kids Now has a Know Your Legal Rights section on our website. So you can go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org, and you can read about your legal rights and how they apply to you in your particular situation. And, George, if our listeners have a particular situation in the schools, whether you're a student, a parent, or a teacher— and you want to document that, we now provide a way for you to do that on our website. And if we think it's actionable, we will help you find uh, a public interest law firm for you to protect the rights that you have.
2: Definitely. That is a very important part. It's, it's right there on our front page. You'll be able to see how to access that. The other thing, as a, as a caution for teachers, is that your, your teachers union might not want to defend you. In these instances because they obviously do not share uh, this um, these values of free speech Um, so if you find yourself in a place where your teachers union won't support you step number one is leave the teachers union because they're already taking like thirteen hundred dollars at least here in California out of your paycheck step number two is there is an alternative union that does provide you uh, legal support in these kind of cases uh, and they're called Christian Educators Association International, C- CEAI.org. Uh, please go there for, I think, a third of the annual cost of what your, the CTA dues are, yeah. and you get twice the coverage uh, for legal coverage. And I've already experienced it with a teacher in Northern California that I sent their way. They represented her, got her reinstated back after she was placed on administrative leave for similar issues.
0: Great organization, great people running it. We personally know David Schmuse, wonderful man. Let's leave our listeners with this uh, statement from uh, John Bursch, again, the legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, who, that, who defended this professor. We are very pleased that the Sixth Circuit affirmed the constitutional right of public university professors to speak and lead discussions evenly even on hotly contested issues. The freedoms of speech and religion must be vigorously protected if universities, and I would say local public schools, mm-hmm. are to remain places where ideas can be debated and learning can take place.
2: Yes, this is so important parents teachers students uh, anyone who's listening thank you for continuously uh, listening to our podcast or radio shows uh, week after week and we highly encourage you just to continue diving into these topics in your own local school district and start to engage uh, your local community to stand up against these issues
0: and we'll be back with you next week
1: take care